Aha, back to 1988. You are the one. Putting the needle on the record. This is Phil Wilson's Vinyl Revival. And welcome along to this week's edition of Phil Wilson's Vinyl Revival. What's coming up this hour? Well, we've got music coming up from Scritti Paletti. Also, we've got music coming up with our One From The Vault. Also, we've got the usual features as well. Number one of the week, album of the week, and also the one that we always look forward to each week, which is the oddity of the week. And it's a good one, this one. We haven't used this one for quite a number of years, so you're going to enjoy that. But I'll tell you further details about what's coming up on this week's show straight after Johnny Mathis.
the fabulous Johnny Mathis with I'm Stone in Love with You. Radio stations across the planet. This is Phil Wilson's Vinyl Revival. Hello and welcome along to Side A, Phil Wilson's Vinyl Revival. Kicking things off there, we had Aha, You Are the One from 1988. And that track there, I'm Stone in Love with You by Johnny Mathis, getting as high as number. It was as high as number 10 in the UK charts in 1975. And then a year later, his Christmas was never going to be the same again because he got straight in at number one there with uh, When a Child is Born, if you remember that Christmas classic hit. Uh, also, it's uh, Salido, isn't it? Open bracket, Salido, close bracket. But yes, he'll be getting some nice royalties there every year since 1976. Absolutely amazing. Well, it would be the year later, wouldn't it, these royalties? But uh, you know what I mean. But uh, great tune here on Phil Wilson's Vinyl Revival. Coming up on this week's show, we've got music coming up from Scritti Pilitti in a moment from now. Also, we've got one from the vault this hour from 1964. We're going to go to for that one with the former top 40, UK top 40 hit. Also, we've got uh, one from the vault coming up on side B from 1967 we're going to take you back to september 1967 for that uh, single so stay tuned for that we've got our number one of the week which is coming up this hour and uh, it's a great track every time i play it on the radio people always love it so we're going to take you back to 1970 for that number one which spent three weeks at the top of the uk top 40 this week we've got a special guest joining us um it's jess moskaluk she's got a brand new album out and single as well called heartbreaker which we'll be playing on side b so she will be joining us soon but are you ready for the oddity of the week clue because here it is this star-studded single choked up a tidy hit that's the star-studded single Choked up a tidy hit. Any ideas what that is? Get your answers into this radio station right now and I will reveal the answer on side B. And also on side B, at the beginning of side B, I'll give you another clue. So that clue once again for the oddity of the week. This star-studded single choked up a tidy hit. Any ideas what that is? Get your answers in right now and like I say, we'll reveal the answer on side B. Let's go back to 1984 now, and we're going to take this uh, off the seven-inch single back to 1984. Here's Scritti Pilitti and Woodbees, upper bracket, pray like Aretha Franklin, close bracket. Welcome to Side A, and Jess Moskaluk, my special guest this week, will be joining us straight after this. Be great to hear from you. Drop us a message at this radio station, otherwise studio at Vinyl Revival Radio. Dot com.
this is Shannon Rubicon and George Merrill from Boy Meets Girl. And you're listening to Phil Wilson's Vinyl Revival. This is Phil Wilson. Multi-award winner and internationally celebrated artist Jess Moskaluk continues to break barriers in the country music world with her big voice, pop-infused hooks and sonic versatility, as seen with her current single Heartbreaker and previous release Not What You Think. The first Canadian female country artist since Shania Twain to achieve Canadian platinum single status with the hit Cheap Wine and Cigarettes, Jess has gone on to earn Canadian gold certifications for Take Me Home, Kiss Me Quiet and her first number one, Country Girls, and was notably the first Canadian female country artist since 2008 to have a song in the top three with Drive Me Away. And Jess joins me now. How are you doing, Jess? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm very good, thank you very much. We've had a bit of a heat wave in the UK here, so I'm a little bit shiny, and I am actually fresh out of the bath. So. Oh, you look you look glowing. I just thought oh, your hat you. was perfectly placed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I haven't got any makeup on yet. <laughs> you look good. Maybe there should be a heat wave more often. <laughs> maybe, maybe yes, we could do with that here in the northeast of England. Now, it's great to have you on the show. Firstly, I must congratulate you on your first number one, Country Girls. Where did you hear the news when you got to number one? Thank you. Um, yeah, things, it's been a long road to get to a number one. Uh, and it's so fun, not funny, that's a terrible choice of word, but ironic because um I knew that the song was doing really well. I was out on tour with another Canadian artist uh, named Ward Bamford, and he was so excited. We were talking about it. The single's doing really well. It's like in the top five. That could go really well. And then the world shut down. This was in 2020 in about March. Oh, yes, of course. And the world shut down. So I, like everybody else, found out that my song went number one while I was at home (laughs) here so it was kind of i say funny because i had dreamt of the day that i would get a number one i've worked so hard my whole team has you know done all we can and then finally it happens and there's no number one party there's no presentation of the award it's just hey you you did it And, and that, it's absolutely fantastic. And do you think, um, I mean, a lot of artists that I've spoke to, do you think that when we had this lockdown across the world, do you think that uh, because people had more time, as it were, on their hands, because they were maybe not working or they were failed or whatever, um, do you find that maybe that people had more chance, more time to discover new artists by going on YouTube or Vivo or, or whatever other platforms? Um, in order for, you know, and maybe that's maybe helped you get number one as well. Maybe. I, I really, I've never thought about that before. That's a really interesting point. Um, perhaps because I feel like we are seeing now a new crop of a lot of new country artists like, you know, Bailey Zimmerman and um, a ton of like new, it feels like there's a new wave. There's a little yeah. bit of a change of the guards. Um, and I think that sometimes when people start discovering new artists, it takes a little while. So I don't know whether that contributed to my number one or not, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I do think that that people were probably listening to more music and you know kind of that's probably why we're seeing such a shift right now yes which is which which in some way which is a positive thing which is something that's come out of something negative it's turned into something positive which is excellent because we can appreciate all these new artists new artists uh, coming up there and uh, celebrating their music as well now i did catch the video there for country girls the video looks great where did you film it for country girls um that one i believe we shot in vancouver bc right and what what was the setup like? Was it something that was for the Country Music um, Association? No, it was it was just a it was just a music video shoot. We were just shooting the video for Country Girls, and uh, just usually we do a music video for almost every song. Every once in a while, we don't have the time, or we for whatever reason we don't do it but yeah that one was specifically for that song because it looked like it would look like you are filming like some like a, in a barn setup yeah it was in an old with the, with the doors open at the back which looked it was a beautiful view yeah it was a an old sugar mill i think wow yeah sometimes they the, the director will scout these locations and i don't live anywhere near bc and right. so I, I'm not able to help with that really. And uh, so the director will scout these locations and they have such a different eye that, you know, you'll drive up and be like, so we're doing what here? And then it turns out beautiful because they know what they're doing and I don't. So. Oh yeah, it looks absolutely great. So um, listeners, you'll have to look out for Country Girls and you can actually catch it on uh, Jess Maskaluk's website as well. Now, everybody wants to know, where did when did you get your love of country when did your love of country begin well i i know that country is kind of having a moment in the uk right now i know that it's starting to grow a little bit more but in canada it's always been a thing country music especially out in saskatchewan where i live and in the small towns that's just the music 90% of us listen to so um it's always been there it's never been a oh i discovered it one day it's just it's just music so it's always been around and uh yeah so i can't even properly answer that question because it's just always been there so does writing songs come easy to you being from saskatchewan so that's different because just because i'm from here doesn't mean that it's a natural talent to, to create that um for some people it certainly is but for me i've always said it's a skill not a talent um it's something i that comes a lot easier to me now um, but what did come natural to me was singing and performing and the songwriting came later knowing that I could connect with those songs even stronger when I know where they come from and I can have them sound better on my voice when I've crafted them to sit exactly where they need to so um, I've worked really hard it didn't come easy uh, it still doesn't always come easy but but yeah it's uh, it's a labor of love so is it something that you always wanted to do when you were growing up? Or did you have other sights on other things before this um, this career? Yeah, I didn't know that this was going to be a career. I didn't set out as a little girl saying, I'm going to be a country artist and that's going to be my job. I didn't really... I, I always knew that I wanted to, to sing. Yeah. Um, but I never realized that that was a viable career option. So it kind of just happened to me. I was in university 
I'm just taking my Bachelor of Arts in Science at the moment. And uh, I, it, it just, like I said, it just started happening. It was just a hobby and it just became all I had time for. Um, and so I took a break from university and I'm still on that break today. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And you're doing very well as well. Have you always been a performer? Um, I started when I was about 14 or 15 years old. And, you know, I'm sure my, as as happens with anything, you get better at that, especially the performance aspect, I think, uh, because the only way to fully get comfortable with it is by doing it. And you can practice singing in your bedroom all you want, but the performance aspect of it, you need an audience to, to properly do that. And that's hard to simulate. Of in course. Yeah, so. and you need to, it's good to get that feedback as well, isn't it? From the audience. Oh, yeah, you need it. Um, we used to record my performances too, because as much as you need the feedback from the audience to know how to react, even things like timing, to know when to, you know, if they're clapping, you're not going to just start talking in the middle of it. Just finding that space uh, and that time is really important. Um, but we used to record a lot of my, we still do sometimes, but we used to record a lot of my performances so that I could see because I'm such a yep. visual learner. Yes. So then see, because what, what it feels like when you're doing something and what it looks like can sometimes be two entirely different things. So that was really helpful to, to actually see the performance and then be able to make adjustments from that. And you've also got things to look back to as well. Um, you know, you can look back in time and you can go, hey, remember that? And you can maybe, you know, re relive those memories again and maybe release some of them songs again. I don't know if I want to release any of any of what happened there, but we'll see. Was <laughs> a lot of covers. Sorry? Was a lot of covers that you did. Oh, yeah, there were a lot of covers. I well, started... Like yeah, like, well, you can find those ones are released. You, there are more covers than anything on YouTube um, because I kind of, while I was learning how to write, I was going to LA and to Denver and to, to collaborate with these other YouTube artists. And we would do a lot of covers to kind of build up that fan base yes. while I was working on my own music. So those ones you can, those ones are out there. Those ones are out there. Yeah. Fabulous. We'll have to hunt them out. Definitely have to hunt them out. Well, thank you very much, Jess. And Jess Moskaluk will be joining us again in about uh, 45 minutes from now. But now it's time for this. And ahead of our album of the week, which is Richard Wright, Wet Dream from 1978, a re-release it is it's just out now on Parlophone Records courtesy of Rhino as well we're now going to have the one from the vault let's go back to the 21st of October 1964 where this track got a size number 36 in the UK charts it's Gene Pitney and it hurts to be in love
Bill Wilson's Album of the Week. Bill Wilson's Final Revival. And this week we're going to take you back to 1978 where this album was in the top 40 album chart in the UK. It's on Parlophone Records. Now, this album has been re-released, so we're using the repressed uh, vinyl, uh, which is the 2023 copy on Parlophone Records. And it's courtesy of Rhino as well. If you want to get a copy of the album, it is 5054-1976. 62348 I'll give you that code a little bit later on as well it's Richard Wright and Wet Dream and the tracks that we're going to play you this hour are Against the Odds and Mediterranean Sea and you may recognise this gentleman because he was the keyboardist of Pink Floyd
The first two tracks there from our album of the week, which this week is coming from Richard Wright. It's called Wet Dream, and it's a brand new pressing for 2023 of the 1978 album, which was on Parlophone Records. It's been re-released with, I think it's been like distributed by Rhino Records there, and they've reissued that. And that is played, that was played there, off the Blue Vinyl limited edition copy as well. The tracks that you've just heard there were Mediterranean Sea and before that was Against the Odds. And yes, you can hear Pink Floyd in there, can't you really? Like that kind of style. Um, because Richard Wright obviously was the uh, one of the keyboardists, well he was the keyboardist there, of Pink Floyd. So uh, a great solo album there from Richard Wright and we'll have another two tracks from our album of the week on side B and by the way if you'd like to get a copy of that album the code is 5054197662348 and that's to get a copy of the blue limited edition vinyl uh, which is on Parlophone Records there courtesy of Rhino as well so it's Richard Wright wet dream there so another two tracks on side B still to come we've got another one from the vault that'll be coming up on side B also got this our our number one of the week which we're going to take you to 1972 February 1970 where this track spent three weeks at number one and spent 20 weeks on the UK top 40 as well so stay tuned for that now are you ready for the Oddity of the Week clue once again. We'll refresh your memory. Here we go, because we'll be giving you the answer in about an hour from now. Here's the clue. This star-studded single chalked up a tidy hit. That's this star-studded single chalked up a tidy hit. All I can think of to help you out with this one is, is that it's star-studded, this particular single. And think about chalk. That's all I'm going to say. Have you got the answer now? Ah, I think I have. If you don't have the right answer, I will give you another clue at the beginning of side B. I promise that I'll do that for you. Yes, I'll, not, I'll let you out of your misery there. <laughs> um, I, I was thinking of another th- uh, clue to give you there, but no, no, no. We're going to keep it under wraps. Number one of the week coming next. But before that, here's the Stranglers.
was the follow-up single of Strange Little Girl, The Stranglers there, and European Female, which was another top ten hit. Now it's time for this. This week's number one of the week. Stay tuned for a 78 Super Oldie coming soon, by the way, which I forgot to mention. Oh, it's, that's a good tune as well, actually. From 1946 on Brunswick Records. The number one of the week now. We're going to take you to a number one which spent three weeks at the top of the UK top 40 and 20 weeks on the charts. To the 21st of February 1970, here's Simon and Garfunkel. Number one! And 
at number one in the UK and spent 20 weeks on the charts back to the 21st of Feb 1970 Simon and Garfunkel and Bridge Over Troubled Water and if you'd like to suggest uh, any of the features that we have on the show on Phil Wilson's Vine Revival drop us a message about maybe an oddity album of the week maybe a number one of the week or maybe a one from the vault or maybe even a 78 Super Oldie drop us a message at this radio station right now all you've got to do is just get onto the website and then go onto the contact page and then you can drop us a message there or drop us an email there on the contact page as well so it'd be great to hear from you we've had some great um, requests in and we've got some great albums coming soon as well and some special guests as well now do you remember the king charles coronation in the united kingdom yes when uh, when prince charles was made king well the concert there was opened by Jerob, and he's going to be appearing on the show in a couple of weeks time so keep an eye out for that now it's time for this Super and we're going to crank up the turntable right now. <laughs> Makes me laugh that every time I say that. Uh, yeah, we're cranking up the turntable to 78 revolutions per minute, where this track was, um, well, it's it's a bit unknown, but it was actually featured as the theme tune to a bit of a politically incorrect 80s TV show. Which um, which starred who was it in again? I can't remember now. Um, it's got Matthew Kelly in it. I know that. Um, it was called Room Service. Well, this track was actually used. Well, not this this particular version, but this track was used as the theme tune to this show, Room Service. It's Larry Adler on harmonica solo with orchestra and accompaniment um, from Georgie Stoll. And the track is Horror Staccato. Back to 1945, would you believe as well? Sorry, 1946 on Brunswick Records. Enjoy. (laughs) 
to Brody this week coming from Laurie Adler on harmonica with orchestra and accompaniment directed by Georgie Staller that was on Brunswick Records from 1946 in room service was actually um, penned by Jimmy Perry who with David Croft formed one of the most successful comedy writing partnerships of all time with the endlessly popular show's Dad's Army, it ain't half hot mum to name it but a few. Taking us to the end of side A, before we flip ourselves over side B, here's Shaky and we're going to kick off side B with Rod Stewart. Mm-hmm. 